All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yambar Podcast. My name is Brian Barcelo, host of this episode. Today's guest, Mistress Bat Lady. Hello, Mistress Bat Lady. How are you? Thank you for joining the podcast. Very well. Thank you for having me. All right. We're going to get right to it and stuff. I know you're a very busy woman. So let's get right to it. Without further ado, take this out. When and how did you learn of your abilities? Uh, when I became conscious to having abilities was when I was nine when my grandmother passed away. But I, uh, I've always been able to see and deal with spirits and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, from this little bit of research I've done, I don't know, pretend to be an expert overnight, but from a little bit of research that I did, I understand that, um, there are some differences between, um, the abilities that you have listed, such as, uh, psychic, a medium, clairvoyant, and a uh, spiritual healer. Would you um, like briefly explain the difference or similarities between uh, those abilities? Well, spiritual healer is somebody that deals with a person at a holistic level, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. A clairvoyant is somebody who connects with living people, and kind of guides them and gives them clarity on situations and how to go about and deal with things in life. Mm -hmm. A medium is like a counselor for the dead to help them move on, to figure out what's going on with the spirit or the entities, help them get out of the situation, get rid of stuff like that, and kind of make a connection between the living and the dead. And the, um, let's see, did we cover psychic? I'm sorry, I don't know. Is that the same thing? Well, psychic is mm-hmm. kind of like a broad term. It's like an umbrella where oh. everything kind of falls. Like, you can be psychic and be like, you know, I know it's going to, you know, you can just not make an assumption. I see what you're saying. Psychic. Understood. Thank you for clearing that up. Now, all right, the fan questions. Actually, that one was a fan question, too. Now, the second one is also a fan question. Um, notice that you mentioned spirits. Now, the people wanted to know, is this safe for everyone that's involved? I mean, for yourself, for any client person that you may be working with, and even for the spirits. Um, could it be harmful to anyone involved? Absolutely. There's risks, lots of risks, mm-hmm. from um, as, as extreme as you can die to just being irritated and just continuing to have issues. You're assuming a responsibility mm-hmm. when you're meddling with magic and meddling with spirits. Um, especially when you're trying to either attract or banish. It comes with letting go of ignorance and kind of assuming the responsibility and the role of getting rid of and control. Hmm. Now... When uh, people hear about witches, and when I say people, uh, that includes me, um, we think of um, the stuff that we see in in television, like, uh, you know, the witch with the wart on her nose and the cauldron and, you know, the the potion, stuff like that. And a lot of people associate this, particularly in the movies, um, with evil and satanic stuff. Um, Is this true? Has it ever been true? Um, What do you have to say to that? We all we have to look back at history to really decipher what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. Mostly, witch 
witches was a term that was kind of brought on through Christianity, as mm -hmm. well as the term pagan, which was actually started in, uh, in England, in the English territories, mm -hmm. when Christianity started coming through. It was a dirty word to call um, people that practice earth magic and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It was kind of the fear of the unknown, and it was a scapegoat when there, there was kind of like a religious hysteria. Mm. Now, if you want to call yourself a witch, there's different kinds of witches. There's mm. chaos witches, there's green witches, there's um, home witches, there's... Everybody kind of has their own label. As far as Satanists go, Satanists kind of like go off and practice their own thing. Although they will call themselves specific kind of witches, like a Luciferian witch, mm -hmm. or, you know, a chaos witch. But then you also have, like, the happy, like, fairy witches, you know, on the other extreme, where they're all, you know, they're kind of hippie-ish, and they're all about the fairies, and the gnomes, and the cutesiness, and stuff, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that either. So, <clears throat> I think it's all based on what you're open to learning about the different... Um, sectors of what is called witchcraft and paganism and Wicca as well, based on its origins. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Now, one thing I was reading about it is, um, now do you consider yourself, I'm sorry, um, as a green witch? Because uh, I mentioned before I noticed the books that you were reading. I believe one of them was green witch. And um, notice that the green witch used a lot of um, herbs or things that's natural to the earth. Um, say plants and um, minerals like stones or gems or something like that. Is there something you work with a lot? Absolutely. Or at all, I'm sorry, yeah. Go Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Everything has a purpose and a meaning to it. Mm -hmm. Like cinnamon is used for love. Honey is used for sweetening. Bay leaves can be used for wish, wish or the, I'm sorry, wish manifestation. Mm-hmm. Like, you have quartz crystals, you have raw minerals. I actually have coal on my altar. Everything that is on my altar except for my little container of um, stones, oh. I pick from the earth myself. Oh, wow. Um, now, another thing um, I was reading about um, familiars. Now, first of all, before I get into this question, do you consider yourself a witch? Like I said, from that book that I saw that um, you're reading, one of them did say green witch. You consider yourself a green witch? Is it fair to say that? I don't like the label witch. Right. I like to be called an eclectic. An eclectic. I read eclectic. about that. Yeah. They said, um, from what I understand of the eclectic, they said they um, possess a lot of different abilities, um, multiple abilities. Is this the case with you? Yes, because each situation calls for different things, and it's good mm -hmm. to have a plethora of knowledge. But there's also nothing wrong with just being specific to one thing. So I like to, I, I've seen and been exposed to so many different things mm -hmm. that I like to understand and know those things. Just like, you know, a kitchen witch is not going to go deal with, um, with a demon situation, unlike something I would. Because mm -hmm. I've seen demons, I've seen shadow spirits, I've done an exorcism, I've done these kind of things to where I have the knowledge for that. Whereas some people are like, you are absolutely insane, but it's not. This mm -hmm. is my reality. So Now, now the exorcisms, uh, Mrs. Ballet, the exorcisms that you're involved, were there anything like the movies? Because I know they sensationalized things, a lot of those things. But well, your experience, was anything like the movies? This one was not. This mm -hmm. one was a case that my friend 
wanted me to handle because she has not had good experiences with the Catholic Church, which was just, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about the Catholic Church at all. Right. Like some people are comfortable enough, but this specific friend did not want them coming into her home. Mm -hmm. So this was something malevolent enough on my level that I was able to deal with. If it wasn't, I would have referred out to somebody who would have been able to deal with it better than what I could have if she didn't want the Catholic Church involved. I understand. Yeah, the main concern is like safety for everybody involved. Absolutely. <laughs> Understood. Absolutely. Now, um, <laughs> I read about, um, and I laughed because um, one of the ingredients that I've seen here. Now, some about um, potions. I read about potions. Now, um, do you make potions? And um, another thing, the ingredients in potions. Uh, I was um, thinking about some TV shows I saw. And um, like I said, I always show people making potions with the giant cauldrons and stuff. And um, one of the ingredients always seems to be some strange, like an eye of newt. And it just so happens, the, one, um, the potion I was reading about, I forgot what the potion was for. But the ingredient to um, extend it or make it a little bit um, longer lasting, a little bit more potent, one of the ingredients was actually fermented spider eye. And I was just curious about where do you get or where would anybody get an ingredient like that? Can you order it? Do you have to make your own ingredients? Uh, how does that work? Do you know? It can go both ways. Sometimes, though, specific herbs and specific stones also have very bizarre names like that. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a book about old-school grimoire, and some of that stuff was extremely toxic, and no wonder they were hallucinating like crazy. But um, mm -hmm. a lot of potions can be something as simple as hosting an event and making some mold wine for the holidays to create a, whole, to create a warm ambiance. Mm -hmm. And things to go happy and well, all the way to making a specific kind of honey to like maybe sweeten your relationship with your husband to full blown like poison if you really want to go that far. Ooh. Yeah. Now, so it depends on the person, the need and what's available. A lot of old school potions mm -hmm. are not being made just because of how poisonous they are and that you cannot access those items anymore. So you kind of have to improvise. But, I see. Yeah. I see. Now, um, the clairvoyant. When I grew up, there was a TV show. Not aging myself, date myself. There was a TV show called The Sixth Sense. I think they made a movie out of it with Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. And there was a, I think there was a kid in there, if I understood the movie correctly, that had the ability to see people who had passed away. Now, as a clairvoyant, um, I, I assume that you had this ability also. Um, can you tell or share some experiences that you had with perhaps seeing people who have crossed over? Um, I've seen, growing up I've in my house, I've seen a lot from somebody who, a woman who walked from the bathroom to the downstairs through my bedroom door every night and telling my parents, and they're like, that's nobody, to when I was 13, finding out my great-grandmother passed away in that bathroom, and I found a picture, and it was her, mm. to um, I went to the 9-11 site, I can't go there, I can't go to cemeteries, it's very, very hard, and I'll never forget the woman that I saw when I was at the 9-11 memorial site, because some of them still don't know what happened, Whoa. to um, go into the, to, you know, 
houses, just knowing, like, when I'm in a house, like, when I was little, I'm, like, up until I was about nine years old, I was kind of, like, just not aware that something was different. Mm-hmm. Which um, leads me what? to I'm sorry, about a question about uh, life and death. Um, me, just like most people, I imagine, is scared to death of death. Um, since you experienced this, um, seeing people crossing over and you have this connection to death that I assume most don't, how do you feel about death? Is it something that you fear? Nope. I'm kind of excited about it. <laughs> um, I've worked with dying people. I've seen people die. I've taken care of dead bodies. I've taken, I, you know, dealt with it all through life experience. Mm -hmm. And death is a personal experience for everybody, and it's different. It can be from traumatic to beautiful. And it also depends on the kind of person you were in life. Will also depend on where you're going to kind of end up too. Mm-hmm. and the circumstances of your death. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, spirits don't get closure. I don't believe in spirit unfinished business. There's really no unfinished business, because once you die, you're not dealing with physical stuff on Earth anymore. The business is done. Mm-hmm. That it's more of closure, like accidents and stuff, that are very hard for spirits to come, because they're stuck in that loop because they didn't get to go to their funeral or their killer wasn't caught and stuff like that, so. Oh, I know how I forgot about that. Um, I don't even think I wrote it down. Another fan question. Someone wanted to ask me, can you um, find missing people? Do you have that type of ability? I don't know if that goes on the clairvoyant or not, but do you have uh, the ability to help find missing people or um, anything like that? I heard police actually um, solicit the help of folks who have abilities to find missing folks. Have you ever done anything? Is that um, some of the abilities that you have? Honestly, no, and that's not something that I want to get involved with. That's Mm. too much responsibility for me, Mm -hmm. and I don't feel it's something that I would contribute positively to. Hmm. So there are people, though, I have met mediums and stuff who are able to do that in clairvoyance, and I respect them a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But as far as that goes, like, I don't seek out to try to solve that kind of stuff unless a spirit actually comes to me and says something. That happens often? Sometimes. <laughs> um, Sometimes. But, yeah. What, what's an example? Like, when was the last time, perhaps, um, one came up to you? Um, perhaps looking for help. When I was at the 9-11 site. That was the time. Whoa. So you really try to avoid um, play. But you know what? It's been on. Um, the Earth's been around so long. It's been so much tragedy, so much death on this planet. It seems like there wouldn't probably be anywhere you can go, you know, and maybe not see, you know, a spirit like that. Do you find that to be the case, or there's lots yes. of places where you don't? Um, yes. Graveyards, churches, forests, everything has a second life to it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, don't freak me out. The house that I happen to be living in was built in uh, 18, I think 58 or 78. So it's probably lots of things happening. You may see things all around. If you do, don't say nothing, please. It'll freak me out and stuff. Because um, actually, there's um, a couple things 
that happen in here. And I can't explain them. See, I keep an open mind about things. I'm like super into science and physics and all of that. But at the same time, I don't dismiss other things. And there's two things that happen here that I can't find what they call a rational explanation for. Some Star Wars cups I have back here in the kitchen. We can't see it. But back there, um, they fell across the floor one morning um, in the wee hours. And so I looked and like, how did that happen? So I put them back up on the shelf the way they were. And I actually tried to duplicate them falling the way they did because they actually fell too far. You know, it was just a lot of force that went with it. So, you know, I step, put them back the way they were and, you know, try to tap them with my finger, you know, and then finally just smacked it with my hand and still couldn't get it to go that far. So right now, I can't explain how that happened. Then the other one, once again, in the kitchen, I have a table, a small little table, roughly uh, three feet high. And above it, just above it, was a, uh, uh, let's say, a shadowish oval shape that probably was four feet high. It had no, it was figureless, it had no, no figure to it, just style of shape with no detail, that's what I'm saying. And it was above the table, not on the floor, above the table, and like, ah, maybe my imagination, you know, maybe it was the shadows or something, it wasn't the wee hours of the morning, so perhaps that's what it was. But like I said, even in this home sometimes, I think I see weird things and stuff, you know. So, um, and like I said, this house is built in the 1850s, so, or 1870s, so there's no telling what happened. This whole area is historic, as they call it, you know. So there's no telling what happened. So imagine if you were to come into an old home like this and stuff. Um, you know, so many things happen in there. There's probably a good chance of something happening. Now, the two experiences that I told you about, my imagination or could have been something else going on? It could definitely be something else going on, but mm -hmm. if as long as you feel safe, I don't think that there would be anything for alarm. Mm -hmm. You know, some sometimes you just got a poltergeist. Sometimes you just get mischievous spirits. We all have met mischievous people. Yeah. When it starts becoming intrusive and it starts inhibiting your physical and mental health is when I really feel like you need to really kind of be like, all right, something isn't right. Right. Now, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh -huh. um, I've gone to sites where people were like, I, I'm so tired of the spirit. They keep slamming the basement door. I don't like this. Like, there's, I keep hearing coughing and blah, blah, blah. And I went, and it was an older man who lived there. And I asked him, I'm like, what do you want? He goes, I want my paper, I want my cigarette, my coffee. So I told him, I'm like, every morning, leave out a cigarette a cup of coffee, and the newspaper for him. And once they started doing that, the, the, the um, incidents in the home kind of, like, dissipated. Hmm. Yeah. Was, as they, you still think about it, though, that's still their home. Yeah. 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 I, I get that. I can see that. Now, now whatever here happened, like I said, I, I don't know, um, you know, exactly. Are you sure you're not Star Trek fan spirits? <laughs> I don't know if I love Star Trek, by the way. I have no idea. But um, I don't feel any, um, like, evil intent or anything towards and stuff, you know. And, and then, um, the, the incidents, they were spaced out, um, I think, um, years. 
um, if I recall correctly. But um, still, you know, I, I think about these things and I try to find rational explanations. The first well, one time, um, on my calendar, this is in Florida somewhere, on my calendar, we're in Albany, New York, by the way, doing the interview. But um, on my calendar, I saw a glass slide. And, you know, it was from the corner of my eye, and I'm like, whoa. And so, I'm looking for a rational explanation now, you know, first and foremost. It took me a while to figure out what happened. It was the condensation, you know, from the glass underneath, just allowed it to slide in. Table had a slide angle, right? But, you know, but at least that one I found out what it was because I duplicated it. You know, kind of pushed it back in his position, just watched it. Sure enough, it moved back. I was like, so maybe that's what it was, the condensation. But this one in here with those Star Wars collectible um, cups of glasses, whatever, don't understand how they flew off, at least not that far. Like I said, when I tried to duplicate it, I stacked them back and just tapped it, you know, and then pushed it to make it fall. And they just pretty much just fell in front. But the first time, more like flew. Because, you know, the distance, I'm like, wow. Now that right now I still can't explain. It, to me, it's like, think, yeah. I think so, it's healthy to, to try to debunk. Pardon me? I think it's very healthy to try to debunk things. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to find that logic before we start making ourselves crazy. <laughs> Especially, like, when I deal with people with mental health who are very paranoid and very engulfed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to figure out, like, okay, is this person really having these issues, or is there something much more heavier going on? That's a good so, point you bring up, yeah. Glad you mentioned that. So, like, I do try to allow people to debunk things themselves. Like, I'll ask, like, so when did it start? What have you done? How did you try to debunk it? Do you have evidence? Can you show me, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing? Because I really don't want to give somebody, like, scare somebody. Exactly. Unless there's something really serious going on where I walk, I've walked into a house of hell before and I'm like, no, like literally like, no, like I'm, I'm not going in this house because I already know even before I stepped in there, like the energy that I get, I'm even getting goosebumps right now, like thinking about that house, Ooh. but there's some places I will not go. Because of my safety, and sometimes spirits will go berserk when somebody like me comes to that environment because they know they see me as a threat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, so, when, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, when people speak about psychics, um, one thing um, I hear a lot about is, um, well, just answer this: Can psychics say predict lottery numbers? Do they have that ability to? No. You can't do anything like that. No. no. Like, horse racing, like, nothing like they that. Think they can, they are, we cannot predict anything in full. So, like, with re I read tarot cards, mm -hmm. okay? Tarot cards are a tool that is used to help you understand and deal with the situation that is presently happening so that I can guide you to the best possible outcome you can make for yourself and see what obstacles are there and what your strengths are. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're going through a pretty messy divorce. Well, I'm going to look at that and I'm going to see what the cards have to say and then we'll go off of that to see what they're recommending you do. What you choose to do is not what is going to happen. Now, some people 
say that demons can actually predict the future, but they cannot. However, they are very intelligent, just like angels are very intelligent. Mm -hmm. They cannot predict anything, but they can make very good mathematically um, calculated guesses to the most probable thing, just like artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. So, if anybody says, I'm predicting the future and I know what's going to happen, I'm going to be like, Mm. I'm really going to be very cautious about that person because anybody who's that confident is scary to me. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that aren't in it for the real thing. They're not really there to help people. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are toxic. Okay. Now, um, Mistress Bad Lady, where can people find... um find you online um, to contact you about your services. They can contact me through my, my personal Facebook. I do have a group called Come As You Are. You can find me on Instagram as Mistress Fat Lady, but I must warn you, please be 18 plus. <laughs> um, you know, I'm an adult and I, I have really bad, naughty humor. Um, you can find me on Etsy as Fat Business. It's all one word. You can contact me via email as asbackdoor5 at gmail.com. You can contact me any way that you feel comfortable, and I can work with you in any way but chat, like chatting like through texting. I yes. don't like that. I like to talk to the person. Mm-hmm. I can meet in person. I can, you know, video chat, talk on the phone, stuff like that. Um, but... Texting and stuff is something that I don't like to do. Is there any charge for an initial consultation? No, not for the consultation. And a consultation is not a reading. So don't, you know, when you come to talk to me, I'm very open. There's no time limit set for a consultation. So the consultation is free. I'll listen to you, and then I'll make a recommendation. So if it's a recommendation I make that isn't something I can accommodate, I -hmm. do know people that I can recommend you to go to for Mm. services. Oh, you know what? For some reason, that triggered something in my mind. Have you ever heard of, um, I might be pronouncing it wrong, it's either Casadaga or Casadega. It's a town in Florida. Um, No, I haven't. Oh, this is interesting. Um, The reason why I mention it, I lived, um, let me see, in Sanford, Florida, which is, I don't know, maybe a half an hour or so, if that. Maybe about 20 minutes from Casa Dagi. Basically, this whole town is psychics. The whole entire town. Major, mayor, police force, librarians, everybody. All the um, houses there have signs, you know, psychics, psychics, psychics. And I'm just wondering, have you ever heard of that place? Or you ever planned on visiting or something like that? It was a beautiful thing. Now, one thing that happened, the person that asked me to take them there, because I never knew about it, so they asked me to drive them there. And this is actually when I was living in Ocala. Just so happens I moved near it. But anyway, we drove there, and I was just amazed. The whole town filled with psychics. And um, anyway, what happened, I got in trouble. Friend came out, heated. I'm like, what's wrong with you? He said, oh, you know, the psychic told me what you were going to do. I'm like, what? What did I do? So anyway, it was a very uncomfortable ride back home, you know, driving everybody home and stuff. But yeah, I just thought it was a wonderful thing just to see this entire 
town. I, I never heard anything like that. Never saw anything like that before. Whole entire town dedicated to psychics and stuff. It's just a beautiful thing. And I was wondering if you had known about it, had been there, had any insight about it no. and stuff. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Casa I don't think it'd be somewhere that I would want to visit either because uh -huh. I'd either get very, like, confrontational Ooh. or I would just get very irritated because mm -hmm. having a degree in psychology and dealing with this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. I would just get a little upset over who takes advantage of who and what. Ah, you get that same sense. Well, yeah, because one of the signs that stayed in my mind they basically were saying we're certified. You know, um, different people, you know, have different signs in their house and their windows and their windows. And basically, some of them would say we're certified. And I guess that's in opposition to those who, other psychics who aren't certified. Now, I wonder how do you go about getting certifications and so forth like that? Certification is just basically saying that you went through a training and that you met the qualifications hmm. needed to whatever. Hmm. So, I, so there's like I know a woman who has who's certified in tarot reading, uh -huh. which I'm full with because tarot is a very um, if I don't do traditional tarot, but for a tarot reader that is a lot of work, a lot of knowledge, a lot of intertwining, and many many years of learning all the different cards. Like, so somebody like that, I can totally like I would go to a reading for. Mm -hmm. Because it takes a lot to be get that certification. Mm -hmm. For Reiki and stuff, like I don't do like the whole Reiki certification thing, but to say I'm a certified psychic is like saying like Mr. Planter Peanut himself said these peanuts are healthy or these peanuts are good. Mm -hmm. Because how can you prove a psychic is really a psychic? Well, yeah, how do you? <laughs> there's really no training in being a psychic because it's all our same experience. Mm -hmm. Or, I'm sorry, not same. It's all a different experience for each one of us. Mm -hmm. so, so, and it can't be scientifically really proven, but right. there's evidence. So, like, a scientist can say, okay, so you met all five of these qualities of whatever, and we did, like, California psychics will have you do a psychic test, which I'm trying so hard to get with. Like, they're not getting back to me, but COVID screwed everything up. Right. But they want to make sure that you are at what would be considered a level of quality um, product. Understood. So there is a certification process or something for psychics. I don't know. I never looked into it. <laughs> but for certain practices, there are. Just like when I was working with people who had opiate addiction, yeah. I had to be certified in certain things, like working with people who were getting medicated assisted treatment. So mm -hmm. I worked with people who were getting methadone, suboxone, and Vivitrol. Mm -hmm. And I would have to be certified saying that I knew, when I would talk to my patients, I knew what methadone did, how it worked, what it is, how to do Narcan. Like, I got Narcan certified. I had to, dealing with opiate people. Mm -hmm. So when somebody would say, are you Narcan certified? If I said yes, you know, it would be a good Samaritan law that would protect me. If not, you know, no harm, no foul, but it does look better saying, like, okay, she has the knowledge and understanding of this. Mm -hmm. It seems so, like that um, everything you do is helping, you know, with the uh, spiritual healing and then the professions that you um, chose or chose you, uh, depends how you look at it. But do you right. seem like it was um, a calling for you to help? 
Yeah, I've been taking care of um, people since I was young. Um, my father had severe mental health issues as well as physical health issues, so I was kind of always um, taking care of things in the house. My mom worked night shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my dad, when I was 14, my dad had his first stroke. And then when I was 16, I had to leave school to kind of stay home, not just because I was being bullied so severely, but because, like, my dad couldn't really, he was starting to decline, so, like, I was kind of, like, taking care of the house and doing school, you know, so I was taking care of a parent, and then taking, helping take care of my grandparents, and then I kind of got into CNA, and then I went to nursing school, which I hated, and then I decided to get my education in psychology, and then I, it kind of built up all the way up to this point. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of, um, I kind of feel like now I've healed enough people, I've saved so many lives that I'm kind of ready to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I got laid off because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And they don't know if my job is ever going to come back. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of okay with it now, because now Amanda wants to do Amanda things. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a whole new direction in life. But I can still help people in a whole different way, it's just not, you know, Taking, watching somebody go to the bathroom, so I, I got can it, yeah. that, or you know, take mm-hmm. on the burden. Like I have trauma myself, and helping people who have trauma, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So, wow, that's good that you're still um, able to help because it seems to be your nature to help people. Now you had mentioned, um, I know we're getting down to the end of it again, but you had mentioned um, being bullied in school. This didn't have anything to do with your psychic abilities or anything, did it? I was weird, like, I'll admit, I was a weird kid, like, I was a goth kid. I can relate to that, go ahead. You know, I was, I was very overweight, but I was overweight because I ate to cope with my abuse. Mm-hmm. My father was extremely abusive, and that was the only way I coped. Uh, so, I was bullied for my weight, I was bullied for being weird, and all this other stuff, and then I got bullied in, like, my early adulthood, getting prank calls, and called out, and made fun of, but, like, that doesn't bother me now. Like, I look back, and some of my bullies are actually, like, friends of mine now. I'm like, ah, I don't care. We were, like, 14. Kids are naturally cruel, mm-hmm. you know. But, but yeah, it wasn't, um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? But I'm sorry, yeah, it wasn't because um, of the psychic or clairvoyant things. I thought maybe you had let on the kids in school about the abilities that you had. Were they so, aware of that? Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. My friends that I did have were supportive and curious, but mm-hmm. I was young and dumb, so we would do things that you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But kids, yeah. when people would find out, like mm-hmm. my bullies, like they kind of really weren't even like they didn't care about that. It was my weight that they just wanted to pick on. Wow. Unless like they really wanted to like really try to make me seem crazy, but mm-hmm. like nobody really ever attacked me like that until I became an adult. Wow. And when I, and I just kind of like always steered away from that because if you're gonna come into my life just to make fun of me, like I'm just not gonna bother with you because there's no better power in any kind of form of magic and witchcraft than detachment and walking away and ignoring. Right, and that's good advice for a lot of times dealing with um knuckleheads, putting it um, lightly. Now, once again. Mrs. Uh, Mistress Bat Lady, I appreciate you for taking time to do this podcast. Um, I'm going to sign off right now. But before we do, 
Any words that you'd like to leave the people with? Anything you'd like to tell them? Anything you'd like to share with folks before we end the um, interview? Don't meddle in things if you don't understand what you're doing. Please contact me or somebody that is like me. What you put out will keep, will continue and keep coming back to you. And be very open-minded to everybody you meet. Whether they're smelly or gross or whatever, make assumptions about people once you get to know them. I'm not saying you need to be friends with them. I'm not saying that you need to understand or be empathetic, but sometimes I think we need to hear other people's stories to kind of grow and reflect and understand our stories. Mm-hmm. You know, you sum up the Yambar podcast <laughs> eloquently. That's what, what we've, um, pretty much what we try to do here, to listen to people and see what they have to say and be open-minded. And I thank you so much, Mistress Bat Lady, for joining us. And please come back again. Definitely. I'll always be here. Thank you. One moment. Everybody, once again, it's the end of another Yambar podcast. Um, We thank uh, Mistress Bat Lady for joining us, and thank you guys for joining us. Don't forget to check out our previous Yambar podcast guest. And always remember that the Yambar podcast is a place where you make it happen. Once again, I'm Brian Barcella. My name. Peace, everybody.